If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode, we have, mind pump. we have found Sal's replacement. Damn it. We've <laughs> been searching for two and a half years now. Justin and I have uh, now found his replacement. Why? He's a solid choice. He just freaked everybody well, out. Well, we're not going to do it. I just want people to know that, uh, hey, man. if like, something- Mind pump goes on. If he gets assassinated, we will, We will. the show <laughs> will go on. Cancel that. Don't, yeah. don't put that in the universe, yeah. bro. Uh, so we talk about that. We talk about the Spartan races we just came from. They were Awesome. Find out in this episode how Justin did in that competition. <laughs> yeah, I did well because I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, then we talk about, uh, we go mind pumps, trip down memory lane. Oh, boy. Oh, we had wacky ideas. Uh, including porn ads. Yeah, hopefully you're uh, you're on the forum so you can actually get to see some of this we're stuff. We're going to write down some of what those ideas were back then. On it's the vulgar and shocking. We also mentioned two of our sponsors. The first sponsor we mentioned is Organifi. Uh, we love their green juice and their protein. All the products are organic. We talk about it all the time. Go to OrganifiShop.com enter the code MINDPUMP4 discount and then we mention our newer sponsor, Thrive Market. Uh, this is a place where you can buy organic, non-GMO products at ridiculous prices, like half off what you would find at retail stores. Just go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump and get some free stuff. They give you like a free month. They give you $20 towards your first three orders of $49 or more. Great place to go, thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump. And then we get into the questions. The first question was, uh, how did we, or excuse me, how did Adam finally commit- yeah, we. Did you jump on, bro? <laughs> I know. That's how you jumped. Looks like it. Pass it, it over here. I huh? knew you were looking Include a little bit bigger. Include me in the mix. How did he finally commit to TRT, that stands for Testosterone Replacement Therapy? I couldn't think of something funny fast yeah. enough. Total ridiculous Tyrannosaurus. The next, the next question was, how do we motivate ourselves to eat and train properly when we're going through tough- uh, times. Good advice coming from Sal here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I added a second in there. There he did. Yeah. Uh, then we answer the question, uh, well, in previous episodes, we've totally fixed the problem of fitness <laughs> in public schools. So now we're going to fix the problems with big box gyms. How to make them more effective, we how got to make you. them more successful. Listen to our expert advice. Finally, the last question is, uh, what are our current workout routines and goals? Is Justin trying to grow his glutes? Also, this month, uh, check this out. Uh, we want to talk a lot about our super bundle because I think we get a lot of questions from people who are looking to train. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people of keep asking, what is, what is the program that you guys recommend the most to people? That's a hard and question. It is a hard question because we, what we do recommend is that everyone goes through all of them because each one has, that we highly recommend that everybody goes through, yeah. regardless if you're an athlete, regardless if you're fat loss, regardless if you want muscle building or right. overall health. What have you not been doing? They you know, each, we usually start with that. Each program has something to contribute to that, and I think everybody should at least go through it once. And that's what the Super Bundle is. It's all of our programs all organized for you, so it's like a year. It's basically a year planned out of different workouts, different routines, different phases, different adaptations. It's all set up for you. However, if you're just getting started, you don't want to commit to the big Super Bundle, the one we recommend is MAPS Anabolic. That's what we consider to be our foundational program. You can find both of those at mindpumpmedia.com. And we also have some review winners. Excellent. Yeah, we had a solid 16 reviews this last week. All right. And we're going to give out five shirts. 
So I'm read these off. A dog smalls. A dog? Yeah. Smalls. Type one trainer man. Hmm. Maxed out three. Scotland 360. And I'm a tiny killer. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you, Doug? Watch out. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Thanks. Oh, I'm back in my seat, dude. I already feel so much better. I was off a little bit over there. My questions, they just weren't they just weren't coming to me like they normally right, do when man. I sit next to Sal. This is the best place. This is the best seat for me at least. Cuz you know why? Cuz I'm so close to his his brain that some of it was clouding some of my information. <laughs> and so like I'd go to and I'd be like, "What is that noise?" And What's I kept all this static. Yeah, it was like this static and my brain sounds like, like all of a sudden like weird images of like penises and, yeah, and vaginas like, were coming. I'm like, what is in this guy's brain that's, that's starting to leak that's over weird. leak over into mine? I can't sit oh, next man. to you him. Know what's, we, you know what's weird we about what you just said? What? Yeah. That's exactly what was in your mind. That's so weird. I know, I know you're making like, it up. But, I'm not, dude. It's but I'm like, how did he hit it right on like, the dog? That's exactly what's going on. Inside your mind. Man, what a pleasure it was to have our boy. Okay, gotta give him an extra shout out. Not just his episode because Andy Gaplin, Galpin. Galpin. Sorry, Galpin. Sorry, <laughs> my Andy. good friend Andy G. Mispronounce your name. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to everybody though. It's, endear- it it's is, endearing, it right? Is endearing. Like that's the right, thing. Right. Yeah. I've been calling Saul Sal Saul. for fucking ever. Right. Uh, <laughs> everybody. Uh, it's hard got, to fuck up my name. Everybody so, else does yeah. it. No, Andy G. I'm calling my G. <laughs> oh, wow, he's a gangster. Is uh, if Sal ever dies um, or we get rid of him. <laughs> He is who will replace him. Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. That's a much yeah. smarter version. And I think, definitely first contender. I think Sal would be okay with that, right? Do you feel? Mm. I feel like this is what's fair, right? I think we should do this as we interview guests. We've had lots of people on the show. We'll find our replacements. E- yeah, Something each one of us. Yeah. Each one of us is connected in different ways to different guests. I By feel the way, like Brendan Schaub might be you. I, we I haven't. Know. I don't we'll know. We'll we see. haven't hung out with we this guy. Yeah. We'll I don't know, dude. His his fitness science. His fitness. Well, not on that level. Well, you see, no. Here's the deal, bro. It's got to be a replacement. It's got to be a replacement. Can't, not just some other good-looking guy who can talk, bro. It doesn't work that way. You got to have it all. Like Andy, wow, is is definitely right. a smart, yeah, very smart, smart guy, yeah. very smart guy. Very similar views as Sal. Yeah, but Sal takes his shirt off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, you, that's right. Gotta, I would never replace that. Sal. Yeah, I think we mean. could all He's agree. The full package. We're not. We're not ever trading it. I we're. I believe. Just about my package. We have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> We full, have it's full team. like a diaper. But you know I mean? if if shit went down, I think we all need to agree on our replacements on Oh, that's a good bet. Who yeah. to call, right? Like cuz what what if, check this out. What if because Sal's so great, somebody in Florida says, "Hey bro, I got a, an offer for you, 20 million a year." Yeah. You only get to talk once or twice a week. You really think I would do Pretty awesome. You really think I go to Florida for 20 million a year? Hmm. How much what's your number? Wow. I need to know. So when we get close to that number, I know when to start. Yeah, yeah. When to start looking for yeah, your replacement, we'll start, like scrambling. <laughs> you know what I do for reals? Because well, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely loyal. I'm an extremely, extremely loyal. You would person. come back and let We're us all offer. Like I take the twenty million. I'd give you guys some millions, and it'd be like, come with me. We're moving the show yeah. to Florida, and then we'll take over. That's not a bad strategy. Yeah. We I just mean, had to convince Doug and mm, Justin's entire family. And yeah. hey, Getting me to come would be pretty easy. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> Justin can't come, but yeah. I drove all the way here. I got I got 10 mil for you, dude, if you come with me. I'm like, oh, shit. I just got to give you some money and a chicken sandwich, and you're over there. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things. This is true. The chicken dude, sandwich. how um, productive and awesome was uh, Spartan? My Dude. favorite trip we've done yet, by far, by far. We were and on they're fire. all good, and we love. I love all the trips. Paleo FX was awesome. Like all the stuff we've done is great. Mm-hmm. 
Spartan was the best. Uh, first off, we were either on or 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 interviewed like twelve podcasts. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the number we came up with finally? Yeah. yeah, twelve when we were there. We captured awesome footage and video and all that for the YouTube. We created. And content. We created a brand new program. We did uh, for the audience, which just on uh, a whim. Can I even say? No, you shouldn't. No, you I'm shouldn't. not saying no, shit. Well, on, I, what I will tell people is that it doesn't come till January, so Sal shouldn't have said that now. Yeah, because it's way be to long, go. It's gonna be a long time. My before bad. I see it. Yeah. My bad. They're, they're, gonna, be, they're gonna be pissed <laughs> My now. My yeah. bad. But anyway, we got we put some awesome. We we created some good content together. A lot of hard work. We met some awesome uh, people. We met the host of Order of Man podcast. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Very cool. Very cool uh, Of course, Greenfield was there. Ben's yep. always we one of our ben. favorite people. How about um, Todd Orr? Todd Orr, dude. Attacked by two grizzly bears. No, dude. no, 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 no. Or the two the same, gri- same, same grizzly bear twice. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> that was a... <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Yo, like the, is it really though? Yeah, it's a, does it suck more or Bro, less? I mean, it's yeah, not yeah. like yeah. If his your body bu- knew the difference. Okay, yeah. if your buddy comes up to him, he's like, "Dude, check out what I did yesterday. I had sex with two girls." And then you find out it's the same girl, but he yeah, did it twice. She just put a mask. <laughs> she just put a mask on. It's not the same. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, not even good close. analogy. Okay, it's fair enough. Same thing. Fair enough. Enough. But you got fucked by the same bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah twice for sure in the same same day. Um, that was awesome. We met Joe DiStefano, uh, my long lost uh, cousin, apparently. I don't know, but it's uh, the same last name. He's like, yeah, he's like good fellas, like old school. Yeah, he uh, he writes all the like the, the programming for their certification, right? Their Spartan certification. Mm-hmm. Here was an interesting fact that he very with us. knowledgeable guy. Oh, brilliant! I, yeah. Can we just say this that? And I told him on air. Those that know that will have a chance or, to listen to the episode. That you know, we we've openly talked about obstacle course racing, marathon running, and this these types of training modalities. And I expected to see some shenanigans. Yeah, no, I expected to get the guy who was heading up the training for it. I was not expecting to be that educated, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a lot of the questions we were going to ask, he was going to have some bullshit answer that we'd see right through. Yeah. But he was the way their programming is. Um, I don't know. I mean, if- you have to be certified just to get certified by them. They won't let you come in unless you're already certified by another organization, which yeah. already separates them that. from the norm of the the organizations mm-hmm. that teach this type of training, right? Or and, any type of training, right? You know? and, right. And what really blows me away was so he this guy knows his shit. He's been in the industry for a while. He took courses learning how to create a certification. So they have courses and classes and stuff that'll teach you, hey, if you're a trainer, scientist, doctor, and you want to make your own certification program, here's what you need to do to be successful. And one of the things, this was mind-blowing for me, one of the things was uh, that they said you have to have at least a 90% pass rate because apparently certifications, if their pass rates go below 90%, they lose sales, right? So Joe DeSena told him, I don't give a shit. He says, make our certification, like the only people Super that pass hard. this are badasses. Yeah. Right. You're not a badass unless you, you know, if you could pass this, you're awesome. So their pass rate's like 50% and they're proud of that, which I think is cool. I think that's very yeah. cool. That's a lot of integrity. No, that, that, that's why I was very surprised by uh, what they, what he talked about. I mean, his level of, of knowledge in uh, exercise science was very impressive mm-hmm. for somebody who's programming for obstacle course racing. I did not expect that, but shame on me 
because of how much we fucking loved Joe DeSina and of saw he surrounds the people that he was. How about he that? does that with like everything? How about the VP CEO meeting that we were at? What a fucking treat that was! Yeah, that yeah. was great. He had a guy come out who spoke. What, Doug, what was the name of the Cal? 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 Yeah. Cal? What? Fussman. Fussman. He yeah. was great the, speak, great storyteller. Well, he was the writer for what big magazine? Esquire. Or, Esquire. Esquire. And he interviewed Muhammad Ali and who else? Gorbachev. Oh yeah. But yeah. he does this big talk about how uh, how important it is to communicate and connect uh, with other people, but also the strategies to do so, which was a brilliant thing to have someone talk about at an event where everybody's networking. Networking. Right. Mm-hmm. It was I, so smart. No, it was cool. It's and- funny because while he's talking, me and Adam look at each other and he's like. Dude, this is nice. I know. I'm already thinking the same the thing. The minute like, he started so speaking, smart. right, the direction we were going, we yeah. were both looking at each other like, wow, this is such a smart, yeah, smart. Very smart. Oh, just totally. That's yeah. why I like Joe. Also, a lot of confirmation on some of the things that we do here at MP that makes me feel good, man. I, I, I pride myself or we pride ourselves on that ability when we have a guest. We just had Andy come in and, and give us all kinds of great uh, compliments about, I mean, he's doing four plus interviews a week and just did Joe Rogan and then to turn around and say that, this is the best interview I've fucking done, man. Well, he just he he says that he he likes uh, that we're doing it right, that our style of doing it is right, and that he said things on our podcast that he didn't really ever say on other podcasts, and uh, that's another thing that I kind of really am starting to pick up on is because we do so many other podcasts too, and we've met so many people in the space is uh, just the different styles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think we tend to have a different style because we're so. On the surface, it seems yeah. so loose. Well, it's like unorthodox, you know, yeah. for us. Because, like, everybody tries to kind of create a formula to what they're doing. And mm-hmm. we just, like, it's just, like, let's have a conversation. Let's, let's just stick with that and, like, try and improve on well, it. Well, dude, I get it. When I get interviewed sometimes, people will send me their questions in advance and all this other stuff. And it's like, let's just talk, man. Ask me what you want to know mm-hmm. about me and see where it goes. And then that's where the best conversations come out of. Plus, we enjoy what we're doing. So, yeah. pretty awesome. And then we met... Um, uh, what's his name from Yemeni from uh, No Foods? Yeah, fascinating conversation. Very interesting. He came from the food industry, from the bad side of the food industry, <clears throat> yeah. where they spend lots of money and time designing the perfect taste, smell, you know, the way it looks yeah. and feel combination, texture, all that, yeah. to just kind of just to, to you know overcome your body's natural systems of satiety so that you eat more of them. And, and he was talking about his their health food and how, how good it tastes and all. And I brought that up. And I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And, you know, the, the money that food industry spends on doing this. And do you think that's a good thing? And he looked at me and I thought I was going to offend him. But he was like, oh, that's, he's all, that's what I did. Well, he He's was, like, we're fighting fire with fire. Yeah. And he was very surprised, I think, by the conversation. Because, you know, to give everybody an uh, idea of what was going on here, this was, you know, shout out to Mark with, uh, with Spartan for having to organize this. It was mm. definitely... Uh, the, challenging the first time they'd ever done this they did a, a day that was uh friday was all podcasters they had all these people authors ceos bear attack guys i mean you name it there were all kinds of great minds and entertaining people to interview and th- we were slotted like these 20 minute or 30 minute slots that we would get people and so it was really all over the place and, and it was in a big yeah. room with other podcasters yeah it was so. pretty it was chaotic pretty, yeah very yeah. chaotic and not time 
for which I think feeds into Mind Pump. I think all the oh, other yeah, pod- we thrive in all that. the yeah. other podcasters were freaking yeah, out, like, "Oh my god, I, how where's gonna, my notes? How am I going to interview yeah. somebody if I don't know anything about him?" I'm like, we're like, "Oh fuck, this is fine." Yeah, we're, some we're, random guy sits down. We're like, "Hey, where'd you get your shoes?" Yeah, Boom, <laughs> ready, set, go. Yeah, and we got him, and I don't, I'm pretty sure he didn't know who Mind Pump was. wasn't expecting the questions we probably threw, and we challenged him quite a yeah. bit too. So that was a, another smart guy. Yeah, another good, good really interview. Cool we guy. got to hang out with uh, Shauna for from. Oh our, yeah, from shout out. Yeah. From, Organifi. From Organifi. She's so, like our representative, right? Yeah, that was really exciting too because, um, you know, one of the things, we waited a really long time to align with any companies really and I'm really excited with the people that we're doing business with right now and I love it too as we, and you know when you when you, when you you did the right thing and you waited for the right company when you continue to meet like executives or people from that company. And they're awesome. And they're awesome and, mm-hmm. and you know, meeting her and getting a chance to talk to her and, and listen to her experience uh, with Drew and Organifi and the company and it's just like, man, that makes me feel really good that we waited this long and vetted all these people before we decided to partner up up with so that was cool so shout out to yeah Shauna. it's really cool because she uh represents the brand very well so if you're listening organifi did a good job picking her because she really represents it well mm-hmm. um very genuine individual and we you know again we like if we like the product and, and we like the people then we want to work with you it has to be both it can't yeah. be one or the other like i can't like the product and then there's a bunch of idiots and, and assholes douche. yeah it's <laughs> not gonna, go. gonna work you know what my favorite thing of this trip was though Besides all the hard work and the hanging out with you guys and having a great time, we reminiscing. Yeah, yeah, dude, we went down memory lane. Oh, you're gonna yeah. share that right now? Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna share. Exactly. I think you should hold that until we decide how we're gonna do that. I don't. Uh, well, I want to. We mentioned so we. So what we did? We were sitting. Maybe around just the, for the forum. We were sitting around the the fire, and uh, late at night. So it's like eleven o'clock. We're done. We've been working since you know seven a.m., and we're all hanging out, having a drink, getting loose, and. We start reminiscing about the early days of Mind Pump. The irony of this, it's only like two, two and a half, three years ago. So <laughs> it a, feels like forever. It does. Which oh, man. It, it just, just done so much shit. Right. I mean, it does. It, it speaks to, and I'll let Sal finish his story. It speaks to how important reps are. I think so. One of the, practice, one of, practice. Right. So many people get so hung up on the details. Oh, it's this way, that. And we did a lot of stupid things. And I don't think I realized <laughs> how many bad ideas that we had until we started reminiscing like this. Yeah, and we I found went, some notes. Oh, and, God. Oh, man, went through all of it. It was hilarious. So I'm sitting there. We're around the fire. We're drinking, having a good time, finally relaxing. And we're talking about some of the stupid ideas that we've had in the past. And we've talked about on the show how we did porn ads yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. And I just want to let me just explain the rationale to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Just because okay, well, no, we're not ex- completely go down in you, infamy. You need to explain how how it came about before, <laughs> with Justin came in. Like, and oh, my, remember, we're put this on you, dude. At the ver- I know. I like. Well, I it accept it. Well, yeah, you, know, you got to own it, bro, for sure, one hundred percent. But we got closed hard, hard, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin See, comes in the studio the one day, skills. and this is kind of this is give everybody a little what it looks like behind the scenes of Mind Pump. You know, you got. You got all these visionaries working together, head, trying to head towards the same thinking direction. Thinking outside the box. Right, and, always trying to be yes. creative, thinking outside the box. And we encourage that here because we, we, we've we definitely uh, been successful in other arenas uh, having this uh, this mentality, right? So here comes Justin. He comes walking in to the studio one day and he's like, Bro, you guys, listen, I've got this idea. Hear me out. And he starts talking about porn ads. And at first, I think Sal and I and Doug, Doug's eyes get huge right away because he's just like, oh, and, no. and Sal and I are like kind of laughing like, okay, no, he's like, no, let's listen. And he starts rattling off the numbers. 
And, exp- and, and those web porn sites get so many Insane visitors. Insane amount of traffic. And it's so cheap to advertise on yeah, them. Like it's stupid it, cheap. Yeah, and our show is, especially in the early days, well, we yeah, are very, very edgy. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just, I mean, I think around this time, we just dropped an episode that was about vajazzling and vaginas and like, I mean, we literally were in, we're, and so I think I remember Sal and I looking at each other like, well, I mean, we do. We're not too raw for porn. I mean, we, there, I'm sure a lot of our listeners watch porn too. This may we be ain't too raw for porn. So, so at, at so, this point, we all decide, or we decide that we agree that this is a decent strategy. Justin had came up with a brilliant idea, and yeah, we man. were all well. We were, let me just say, like, it came from. I just had. I read this book. Yeah, what spurred you to come up with this? Purple cow. Purple cow. So, I mean, the whole book's premise is to basically get outside the box. Which she got me to read right afterwards. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I see it. So that's probably why you accepted why I was going in that direction. You know, it was like, everybody's doing this. Like, you know, the the formula for everybody has always been this. Let's, you know, disrupt that. Let's do something like, like shocking. Let's do, you know, I wonder if this is the thing, you know, this might be lightning in a bottle, like, you know, cause it's so cheap. It's like, what the fuck? Why not try it? Right. You know? And, and so, a lot of companies can't do it. Right. Because they're, because they, they can't do it. Yeah. Right. Well, they can't, because, they're because, integ- you know, what their brand is going to be hurt yeah, as we, a result. And we're so edgy and we're explicit. And so it's like, eh, probably not going to hurt us. Like who gives a shit? So we come yeah. up with the idea and we actually came, we actually put one out and we came up with a bunch of ideas. Well, we we had all blocked them out. This is the crazy part. Is I remember that we were we we had an idea. We to do spent ads. like three or four days. What I was starting, we were <laughs> yeah. we were tasked out. This is how it went down. After that whole, we all finally uh. agreed. Justin closed us. Then the next step was okay. Let's take this serious. Each one of you. Go you home. Got homework. Each, yeah. each guy had homework to go home, come up with a creative slogan to match the image that Doug. Like ten different ones each. Yeah. So we all were tasked to come up with a uh, slogan that matched the image that Doug was working on. Yeah. So Doug was tasked with Doug. We need <laughs> Doug to. <with> Doug. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Just imagine Doug like going through all these like horrific images. You well, know? because people need to know, like, uh, if you're going to advertise on porn, like we're thinking in our head, like, how are we going to get their uh, attention? Like, it's got to be Cause, shocking. Because you go to you, okay, because when you go on a porn site, it's not like when you go shopping or whatever. Like, I'm going to look at stuff. Or, you you're there for a mission, and the, the goal is not to go off the site <laughs> until you're done, right? So That's we're right. thinking That's we right. need to get their attention. Yeah, and I I. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I am not going to go over the ads that we have. No, no, no. Because at another time we will. Well, here's, horrible. Well, yeah, this is were. what I think we should do since you they opened your mouth, is I feel we owe it at least to our OGs and our forum fans, which is you should take the list that I know Doug has in no, his computer. No, no, no. We can't even look at yes, it so you, bad. Yes, Why? You, yes, you can. You you talked about it on the fucking Bro. show. You may, you have to. People You've already gonna, explained ourselves with it. It's yeah, but like, you didn't share that. You didn't. You can't come out and you, what a dick tease <laughs> that was for you to do yeah, that. Yeah. Come right. out and tell people that, and then not have a place for them to look yeah, at. You so already told people we I, came up with the program. Those that are listening yeah, can something. hold Sal accountable since he said this on the forum yeah. to show us the list. And Sal will have to. I'll ref- put, we'll put some of them on. We'll because ref- <laughs> yeah, some of them yeah. are really bad. Well, I might have yeah. to filter because they were pictures, and they were. Uh, well, we only did one that was a picture because we would have had to. <laughs> That's my pictures. favorite ad, though. But oh. we had pictures, and it was they were explicit pictures, and then there would be like a slogan or something on there. Yeah. 
to try to get your attention. And we have and Taylor, we have Taylor up with us now, right? So Taylor is now on, in the company. Taylor was not a part of the company back then, <laughs> so he had and, no idea. So he had no idea. And part of Taylor's oh role right now on the media side is is he's helping. cleaning up our image. He's making everything like nice and pretty. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's almost solely responsible for uh, much of the imagery you see going on with the Mind Pump Media page right now. And hopefully, those that have been around for a long time appreciate and see the direction it's going. Yeah. And that is Taylor. And Taylor, he was sitting in with us listening and he was just like, oh my yeah, he God. he could not even believe. His eyes were like super <laughs> you big. You guys well, to do this? Well, dude, the, here's the testament. Like, so uh, not a lot of people realize like I was behind the, the original Mind Pump Media page, right? Oh yeah, you went back on Oh that. my God, we and, went, they, oh. And so like, you know, you've seen the evolution of the page, you know, that since Taylor's sort of taken over. And if you just keep going, you know, keep going to the beginning, you'll see what old Mind Pump used to look like. Oh and my God. Hilariously wrong. Oh, and the episode. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And our old episodes. And I'll tell you, like, if you're listening right now and you're a relatively new listener and you're like, oh my God, I love Mind Pump, you don't need to go back. You just keep listening to Mind Pump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Keep trucking forward. If, you know you're, if you're like a really hardcore listener, you're like, I love Mind Pump. Yeah. Try going back to the episodes around a number 100, mm-hmm. and you'll see what raw fitness truth uh, yeah. was like uh, back then. We served it raw. It was good. Yeah. Well, you good know, time. I think there's something to take from that with business, and that's why I was saying that I think a lot of people get caught up in a lot of the details. Sure, that was a really bad idea. Sure, we spent probably, we wasted a little bit of time, Poor but Ned. there was something to learn from, from all of that. I think the... I think we would not have got the attention we did at the beginning had we not used the shock in our approach. I think that was important. We mm-hmm. None of us had big names for ourselves. I mean, let's be honest, my stupid Instagram didn't have that many people on it. And, uh, you know, I wasn't famous in the bodybuilding it was all world. all soccer moms watching you. Pretty yeah. much. Oh, yeah. So, we, you know, the shock in our approach was most certainly how we got the attention. But then also being able to go from that and then you know, pivot over to some serious good content that people can actually have some takeaways from. Yeah. So there is a fine line there that we danced a lot of the entertainment <laughs> on and education side. Yeah, it was <laughs> totally on that. But uh, there was uh, no change gears real quick. Um, have you guys tried? I know you guys are ordering your stuff from Thrive Market. Mm-hmm. Also, have you guys tried their brand of stuff? I haven't yet. Have you? So yes. Freaking great quality and even uh, cheaper than the name brand stuff. Mm-hmm. So they have their own sources of organic, you know, whatever you can order. And it's the Thrive Market brand, which I think, remember how we were speculating, Adam? Like, how the fuck are they making money? That's how they do it. I That's see. how they do it. Because okay. you go on their site. It's like Kirkland, right? right from dude, Costco. you go on their site and I'm not exaggerating. You'll buy I mean, the same product. I'm it's not just great, selling. It's a great, Justin just nailed it right on the head. That's uh, yeah, exactly how it works. It is. I'm not. Listen, to the audience, I'm not trying to sell. I'm not sitting here trying to sell this. This is honest. You go on there. And you'll buy peanut butter, organic, or whatever your your whatever your favorite brand is. It's fifty percent off. It's half off. And I'm like, how the fuck could they be making money doing this? That's such a. It's not like a little bit less. It's a lot less. Even yeah. if you count the membership fee, it's a ridiculous. It's because of their their their. It's their brand stuff that they're probably making the biggest margins on. Yeah. And it's good stuff. And I think that's. It's a brilliant model. Oh, it's, it's, great. it's very a, smart. It's a brilliant it model. Consumers, it know? is very much so. And it's good quality shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's same it's, thing that Costco did. Yeah. yeah. It's just like Costco. Yeah. I, I'm sure if, I mean, if we had. The, it's, you're right. It's exactly like it, right? Organic. Yeah. Yeah. Memberships, fees, yeah. same thing. Like Costco is not making a ton of money off of the Tyson brand that they carry in there or whatever other GIF. But the Kirkland have, 
Cleveland stuff. But you know, everybody, most people that have been shopping at Costco long enough, there I don't. There's never been a time that I've shopped at Costco, and at least half of my cart is not Kirkland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there a lot of their products are just as legit. It's quality as, still, yeah, it yeah. is. It is quality. And when you look at, it, I'm like, oh shit, I can save another. 50 cents on top of that just by god damn it it's brilliant yeah it's a, it's a brilliant brilliant model it's actually strange to me that we haven't seen more companies kind of go that that's direction. what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah that's so, what i'm saying it's exciting well because yeah, i got some of their stuff and and you know when you whenever you get a, a store brand something you expect <laughs> or usually what's happened kirkland changed my mind on this but typically you expect less quality you know the packaging is not it's fucking legit stuff great sourced so you're right. It's exactly like well, Kirk, you know who, Kirkland does that very, very well. In fact, I think some of their products, if I'm not mistaken, for Kirkland at least, I don't know about Thrive Market, but for Kirkland, some of their products are from the brand name stuff that they will then kind of white label yeah. and sell for cheaper. At lower. Like they do this with their vodka, I think. And then mm-hmm. there's a couple, of, like their macadamia nuts, I think are the same like ones. Ibuprofen. And all yeah. Oh, that's one of the ones I was going to try. Have you ordered their macadamia nuts yet? Have you got, got them From yet? Thrive? Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't tried theirs that's yet. That's on my uh-huh. list because I'm really particular about those. Me too, dude. Because it's- The only ones I like- Isn't are, that funny? There's Macadamia nuts are not the same for, no, for everyone. The, the, <laughs> the, what, pork, what's that Hawaiian Pork rinds brand? and macadamia nuts are my macadamia two. Macadamia nut connoisseurs over here. No, right? what's that brand? And a Hawaiian one, Mao yes, Lai. It's the blue label, light, the light blue label. That's the ones I like. Yeah. Everybody, I'll go to Whole Foods and they have their little, you know, macadamia. Eat them. Like they, they all went bad or something. Yeah, they don't take. They, 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 they don't take. And I don't know if it's the amount of salt they use or what it is, mm. but there's the freshness. This, yeah, I don't know, but there's something about uh, that. That volcanic and, and, and pork rinds. I feel like pork <laughs> rinds are the same way too. I. I, I like them if it's the right brand. If it's not the right brand, and they, they you don't like the gas station ones. No. The, the chicharrones oh, there, no, no, so, no bueno. Uh, the, yeah, I'm not a fan of those. The diarrhea's, yeah, yeah. as I like you, to call give them. Give you the squirts. Bring on the bird! This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from HV Hayes 9 this is to Adam. How did you finally decide to commit to TRT? Testosterone replacement therapy. How did TRT. I, how did I decide to veins. finally commit? Well, you have to know the backstory first, which is as a 23-year-old or so, um, I dabbled in this steroid to use, and I had no fucking clue what I was doing. You weren't, wasn't it some like bodybuilder it friend was, of yours, it or was, older guy? It was a bodybuilder who was also selling you the steroids. No, 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 he didn't actually. Oh, okay. well, I was, although, I was, although, I was going to say that'd be the first mistake. Although, I'm looking back now, the way it all went down, I'm sure he made a nice little kickback kick yeah. off of me. Yeah, no, because I definitely paid way <laughs> above market value for the, the <laughs> stuff, the stuff that I had. No, oh, I mean. Back then, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not killing it money wise and stuff like that. So I don't have a ton of money to be spending, and I think I spent fifteen hundred dollars on my first stack of. What do you do? You remember what your first stack I consisted do. of? I do. What was it? Uh, it was um, testosterone. Was um, it just like an anthate? It was an anthate and uh, Deca and Echopoise. So and 
What else did he give? What me? a nonsensical stack! And then I can't remember. What, yeah, I know, totally not. Like who, nobody stacks deck and equipoise. Right. It was. And it, so again, looking back, that was probably like him calling his like steroid hookup and being like, "What do you got, dude? Oh, cool. Take yeah, all the, three of these. Yeah, this, what's in the back? Okay, car. you got some more. Oh, yeah, Mike. Do you yeah, remember this. what the doses were at first? Um, I was over. Let's see here. I know I was over seven hundred milligrams worth of shit in me. Holy shit! Your first cycle, mm -hmm. seven hundred milligrams. I remember because I know that you know people typically what they'll do for first cycles is well at least if you have some integrities you'll tell people two hundred to three hundred milligrams. Oh uh, yeah, going back now, you know, and anybody that's ever asked me that like that, or they've told me like Adam, I'm gonna take the stuff. I just want to hear your opinion. Like you're not gonna change my mind. So then I'll tell someone well my recommendation is that you take a very very mild dose because your body's never seen it before and you're gonna see some results like less is more here for sure um and no but i didn't and man i just i did not respond the way i wanted to respond but boy did my body respond in a different way what i while i was why i used it was for major insecurity reasons uh, I, sal and i have addressed this before on the show that we um, have, I've always been called the skinny kid and, you know, lean and bird and, you know, all the comments I've gotten them forever. And they, and in my head, I didn't really feel, I've always been a confident guy. So I, it wasn't like I sat around my room and cried and be like, Oh, I'm so insecure about being, but, it, <laughs> but subconsciously I made decisions like this that for sure were root, like rooted from insecurities. It's so, so you got to understand that um, it drives you. It did, yeah. it, but it, I didn't think that right. I wasn't mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm taking steroids because I'm feel so insecure. No, you're unaware of it. Right. Of so people need to understand that a lot of times you have to look deeper into things like this because it's, it's not that obvious. It wasn't like this insecurity is making me do this, but it was, it was, it was subconsciously doing that. And, you know, and the way I looked at it was I knew about nutrition. I knew about weight training. I've been training consistently for years now, and I don't look anything close to what these guys in the magazine look like. And I really wanted to, I really wanted to experience that look. And I had, I had accepted that. I just don't have the genetics, and so if I want to look like that, all of these guys must be on anabolic steroids, and I'm willing to dabble in that. And so I did, and uh, in 100% uh, regret it. If I could go back and do things over again, I certainly would, although it wouldn't have allowed me to talk about it, and I'm sure I've definitely changed some people's opinions on it and views and been able to help others, so that is the plus from that me going through this and experimenting with my own body. But what happened was like week over week, I was like, and mind you, right? Remember, I'm trying to get bigger. Like I was skinny and I weighed about 185 pounds around this time. And like, I just wanted to be over 200 pounds. Like I just wanted to see that. And I didn't, I get, I added like five pounds, like total weight, but I was getting stronger every week that I fucking touched the weights. I was going up by like 10 pounds. So like, I remember watching the dumb, I was doing dumbbell presses around that time. And around that time, I was pressing like 70s or 80s. I don't remember. But I went like 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120s, 130. Here I am like pressing 130-pound dumbbells, and I'm like a buck 85, like and still skinny, but strong as fuck. Mm -hmm. Same thing for all my other movements. Like this was what was happening. And so <clears throat> I didn't. then I didn't get the results. All the bodybuilder guys were like, oh, bro, you were eating all wrong. You know, you're eating all wrong. You got to do it again. When you do it this time, you just need to fucking eat. You need to consume. Now, at this point, when you're done with your cycle, how long was it? Four? Do you remember? Oh, I ran for 12 or 16 weeks. So, so three to four months. Yeah. Then you go, you're, did you go off I for did, a little bit? I did go off for a little bit, but I did not do any protocol to coming off. How did you feel when it, because oh, of course, when you go off, your testosterone's to shit already. Did you, was that hard to deal with that whole? 
Well, because I was a, a young um, and kid that was testosterone was flying through me naturally already. When I came off, I didn't like see like all of a sudden I didn't have like a sex drive at all. Mm. But I definitely noticed that it was never the same. Like there was enough of a distinct difference that I was like, I used to be the kid who, you know, I wanted to hump everything in sight. I, I got multiple hard-ons throughout the day for no reason. Like that was nor- the norm, yeah. you know? And so that was always me. After this, um, I still had a sex drive. I still, uh, being around a good-looking girl, I'd be turned on. But I was didn't feel like the 17-year-old boy that mm-hmm. I used to feel like before. Definitely had lost that. And then I watched the strength drop every every week just like i saw myself climb every week i saw myself decline and it was extremely depressing and at that time in my life i had thought i was only going to try it and see where it went when i saw that happen and i had everybody tell me that oh it's because of what you fucked up the way you ate you gotta do it again you gotta do it again mm-hmm. and so I did it again did you take more the second time i didn't take more because i did put that i did make that connection i did realize it wasn't i wasn't because i could feel how much stronger i could tell the testosterone was working but it was obvious. It was, I was eating chicken and rice all the time. I was just not getting enough calories. It wasn't, you know. And this again goes back to what the the what's more important. Like all the juice in the world, you're not going to build as much muscle as you think if you're not feeding the body sure, with sure. what it needs to build, build right. So I put that together and realized, okay, I need to take more. I mean, I need to eat more, and you know, I take. I did take the same dose though, and this time added a bunch more. Again, didn't come off come off correctly and this time i really noticed that like i i my sex drive was starting to decline but still again still there so i never really addressed it but this was enough to keep me away from testosterone for a long time and it wasn't until like later in my 20s that i start and it what caused it was actually issues in my relationship i started to get girlfriends that uh, would get upset that I'm not having sex with them enough. And then it caused insecurities with them. Then it caused issues in my relationship. And then it was like this cycle that I was getting in, all like this vicious cycle of I'd be with a new girlfriend and then things would be fine. And then eventually she would get insecure because I'm not having sex with her enough. And then and I realized that I didn't really want to have it with her anymore. And so I was starting to put this all together. And this is my late 20s now. And then I started to think like, fuck, man, how did did I really fuck up my testosterone? And now I'm starting to- Because you didn't know at this point. Yeah, I still didn't know. Like wow. I, still, I still just assumed that it was okay, but now I'm getting closer to 30 and I'm starting to realize like, man, it's- it doesn't, maybe I should have this checked out. Like, let me, let me go, go have it tested. And when I went and had it tested, I was 200 and something. I don't remember. It was too really some, low. Yeah. For, for those wondering, like free test is supposed to be somewhere between 400 to like 13 or somewhere in there. And I was abnormally low. <clears throat> and what I don't know, which really sucks, which is also why I always recommend to anybody who's even thinking about taking testosterone, go get your blood work first. So, so you know you, where you're starting. So you because this is where this is what it, the struggle that people have to decide to do TRT or not is um, because there's such a wide range, 400 to 1300. Sal may naturally be somebody who care that hangs around 900. I may be somebody who naturally care is around 1300. Justin may be someone who's around 600, and I may do just fucking fuck around with steroids just enough to not kill my testosterone drive, but take it from 900 down to 450, which still you fall in the normal but range. It's low for you, but it's low for me, and that's why. And some hormone therapists won't uh, 
prescribe testosterone if you still fall in that range, but you as a person notice the difference. And why it really matters and what made me make this decision was I noticed the other stuff. Like, and I never went through like real depression or anything like that, but you know, I felt down and just wasn't motivated to lift like I used to be. And, you know, then I decided to go through the TRT. And when I did it this time, it was for that reason, it was more therapeutic than it was. I need to build muscle. I was at a different point in my life. Now I'm no longer hung up on, I need to look a certain way or be something. It was more like, dude, I need to be able to fuck my girlfriend. Like, or she's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like if I want to have a good, healthy relationship, for maintenance, I mean, shit. right. Yeah. Right. I need to, I need to definitely make sure that I I'm at least fucking normal. Right. And so again, I went and had it um, prescribed and had the blood work all done and stuff and decided, you know what, I'd already done enough damage. Like, let's figure this out and see where I need to be. And so a lot of people don't know this, but I was already on TRT before my transformation. So I'm on testosterone in that fat picture. Like people think that like, oh, you know, because he talks about mm-hmm. steroids. Mm-hmm. And so he probably took all these steroids and that's- No, what, you just changed your training. Yeah. And, and diet. Yeah. So I was on testosterone before that picture, but on my before picture and my after picture, it's the same, you know? And when I got into competing, like I, I once I started to get on stage, then I started to up my dose. So when I, when I am staying like normal or like what I take right now is uh, 150 milligrams, you know, so I stay at a very low dose of testosterone and anthate is what I take. And that's how I use it. And it's just to probably keep my levels that tends to keep me at a very even kill. And if I were to be aggressive and get, if I were to go get on stage again, I'd wrap myself up to 250. That's what I would do because that's enough to give me the competitive edge to mm-hmm. where I can build muscle like really well compared to everybody else. And that's kind of where I, I hover around. Man. It's interesting too because you know we see this with uh, with men when we take you know anabolic steroids and testosterone levels get crushed. And this is more common than people realize, by the way. Like you're going to read into bodybuilding forums and stuff like, oh, if you take anabolic steroids and if you do post cycle therapy right and everything, then you'll be perfectly fine. That's not true because <clears throat> I know lots of people who've done the, the did all the protocols and then went to the doctor and then the, the doctor did. The protocols to get their testosterone levels back up, and that didn't work, and then they still had to t- go on TRT. So there, there, there's definitely potential for permanent damage by going on these super high doses of testosterone. But what trips me out is when women take birth control, which is also a hormone, mm. which also, I mean, I wonder how much that throws women's hormones off. I always think about for that. a long time. I, you know, I've had I, friends, female this friends, is total I, anecdotal, yeah. but I tell you what. Katrina is the only woman I've ever met that doesn't has never used it in her life before, and I think from a hormonal standpoint, I think she's the most even killed normal woman I've ever met <laughs> in my entire life. Again, that's completely anecdotal, and I know there's exceptions to all the rules and stuff like that. But I never before her, I never met a woman that hadn't hadn't had to use it or did use it or whatever the case. Well, I know I have f- uh, female friends that will go off their you know their birth control and they'll they'll tell me they didn't feel normal for like a year or two Mm. years or longer and that's just subjective how they feel like you know who knows what's going on otherwise you know well you know too as far as like trt is concerned like i i I remember listening i don't remember what doctor it was specifically but there's like some research um in the direction of trt usage for uh, like post-traumatic stress and CTE. And it's like super interesting to me, like, you know, how it's being used more for like therapy and more for uh, other alternative ways to 
um, you know, help with the brain. Well, testosterone well, is a feel good uh, hormone. It it does make you feel good. This whole like, you know, the the myth of the super aggressive or whatever. Yeah, when you throw things off, that that can definitely happen. But healthy testosterone levels make you feel good, and when they're not healthy, when they're low. You're gonna feel depressed. Oh, I notice. I, I notice a significant difference when I'm when I'm off and when I'm on for sure. And I always I do this like probably every three to five months. Um, I'll use HCG and I'll come completely off the testosterone for a little bit just to kind of see what it feels like to be there and see if I've made some sort of progress or I'm getting worse. I just like to do that. And uh, and when I do, I, I feel okay, but it definitely my 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 sec my libido is just not there. Mm. I've not been able to get my libido all the way back to where I'd like it to be. And to me, it's really important. That's really to me, that's more important than the mm. muscle building aspect or mm. any other things. And so when I get back on, I'm like, man, I my my motivation to lift my everything else. But what has been, and I've shared this on the show before, and this fascinates me. Being somebody who's a tracker. Being somebody who's had lots of experience with this stuff, it fascinates me that more than test synthetic testosterone being in my system, nothing affects me more than stress and sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That fucking blows my mind. Yeah, it blows my mind that because I know how crazy strong testosterone is, and wow, what a difference yeah. that makes when you take it. If I am stressed. Nothing will kill me hormonally or fuck up my workouts or mess me up more than stress and sleep. If those two are better, it makes a bigger difference than actually synthetically pumping something into me. Because I have been on a higher dose, 250 plus milligrams in a week, which is a high dose for me of testosterone, but been very high stress, not great at sleep at, uh, because of work or whatever's going on. And my sex drive feels like I have no testosterone mm-hmm. in me. And I've done the flip before, been extremely low dose, even off of it, but had a really good balance everywhere else. And my testosterone feels better. So I find that really fascinating. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a second question from HV Hayes 9. How do you motivate yourself to eat and train properly when going through tough times? So I, uh, I I went through one of the most difficult. Actually, I have probably a difficult five you're years. The, you're the best to yeah, probably explain say this, this right now. Yeah, I, I went through a very difficult. I don't know five year period where uh, somebody very very close to me who I grew up with um, got diagnosed with cancer. Watched her fight it and then lose that battle. And then I went through you know difficulties with my marriage and a divorce and all while starting you know uh, a new business and selling my old business and moving and doing all this stuff and. This is, it's been a very difficult, things are settled now, much more settled uh, uh, today than they were then. But, you know, eating right and exercising right, the motivation behind them change, or at least the goals change depending on your life. So, you know, I would love to always have a life where I'm eating and exercising to perform better and to be stronger, more muscular. That sounds awesome. That's fun, right? But when I'm going through those stressful times, I then view exercise and nutrition as a way to, uh, you know, ameliorate some of the stress. Mm, more of a therapeutic. As therapy yeah. and to keep me healthy and to keep me strong enough to make it through those periods. Uh, there were a lot of people that were affected in my family uh, from, you know, uh, the, the person I'm referring to who had cancer. Um, I ha- we, and we, Everybody handles it differently and, every, and we all had a very tough time with it. But I was the only one that exercised consistently and still paid attention to my nutrition. And I can tell you that I came out of it uh, much, I, I survived it a lot easier than other people because I had those outlets. 
So during that period of time, I would still go to the gym. I didn't like stop working out. But when I'd go to the gym, it wasn't like I'm going after it. I didn't walk in there thinking like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go lift so hard or I'm going to get this great pump. I went in there like it's a break. Hmm. I'm going to put my headphones on. I'm going to feel my body, which puts me in the present, which means I'm not thinking about everything else that's going on or thinking about the fear I have for you know, the future for this person or the regret I had in the past for, you know, maybe the things I might have said to this person or not done with this person that I could have. I'm just here right now. And it was only an hour, you know, an hour, you know, four or five days a week that I would do this. But it was enough to to carry me through. And it became, because of that, I never missed a workout. I never missed a workout because I knew how important it was and how good it felt to do so. But by no means was I chasing PRs or really trying to change my body. And the same thing with 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 nutrition. You know, I, I think nutrition is one of the first things to go uh, when when stressful times come. Because I know I do know a lot of people who exercise with when stress comes. Although they sometimes they do it they might do it the wrong way. They might just beat themselves up to try and, you know, get aggression out or whatever too much. But nutrition for sure is the first thing to go for people because stress or sadness or anxiety can cause us to either not want to eat. That's usually the first phase of depression or whatever is you don't want to eat anything um, or then start to comfort yourself with food. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a this kind of vicious cycle, you know, where you're you're sad. So you eat, which is temporary, like feels good for the second because I'm eating this whatever. And then now I'm starting to feel terrible because the food I'm eating starting to make me feel terrible, which it does, by the way. Food will have an impact and does have an impact on your mental well-being. And then on top of that now, because I'm eating terribly, now my body's gaining body fat, hormones are starting to change, and then if you're self-conscious, you look in the mirror, now you're going to feel bad about that, and it creates this, and now I'm feeling even worse, which then motivates me to continue the cycle, versus, you know, I feel terrible right now, I'm really anxious or stressed, I need to make sure I eat foods that I know make me feel good. And, and really the way I look at it, and this is the way I coach people too, is you look at your tool belt. Look at your, your, you know, open up your tool chest. And there's certain tools that you know that you have in there that do certain things. For example, I know exercising regularly and properly makes me feel good and makes me feel stronger. I know that eating certain foods makes me feel healthy, gives me more energy, um, and it just in general makes me feel better. I know that if I... meditate this much time, I'm going to feel better and it's going to help me deal with stress. And I know if I sleep this many hours and do this sleep routine that I'm going to be able to deal with problems a lot better. Now, I might not be able to change the stressful situation that's happening, but I can definitely use all those tools that I'm familiar with and I know in ways to really help me along through and through that process. If you don't use those tools... Um, then you're you're just making it a lot more difficult for you, and in fa- and then you become a. Uh, it's like you're you're um, you're reacting. Yeah. You're just reacting. You to see all this these a issues. lot with caregivers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have a really hard time, um, you know, taking care of themselves, uh, and they really pour themselves into the situation where, um, yeah, they're not eating, they're not sleeping, they're you know they're stressing, like, but they, you know, just just to do all those things you mentioned and to to consider those things to be a better caregiver is such a a hard thing to kind of realize. You see this so important. a lot with uh, parents, especially moms, but I see it with some dads too, where they get married, they have kids, and they become martyrs. Okay, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. everything is for the kids. 
uh, that's all life is. I wake up in the morning, I make them lunch, I, you know, I clean the house, I focus on everything for the kids, and I end up uh, forgetting about myself. So then my relationships with my husband or my sp- or my wife starts to suffer. Um, I'm feeling terrible about my body, myself. My health starts to decline. And you become a martyr, and in in the irony of that is you become you're not as good of a parent as a result. You have to place yourself first if you're going to do all these great things and help all these awesome people. If I have a truck, if I have a truck, and there's a situation where I need where we need to haul stuff, like it's an emergency situation, you know, hey, we need your truck to haul these things out. If I don't take care of that truck, if I don't check the tires and check the gas and the oil and take care of that truck as well as I possibly can. I'm not. I'm not going to do what I want to do, which is haul these things and help these people out. So think of yourself the same way. If you don't take care of and place yourself as a priority, you are. You can. You will eventually become worthless for all these great things that you want to do, including help the people around you, or do your job, or become good at business, or whatever you want to do. You're not going to be good at those as well. So that's the irony of it. Is yeah. you have to place yourself as a priority before all these other things that you think are more important. Because of course, if I were to list things of importance, my kids, right? My kids are most important. Course, I die for yeah. my kids. Yeah. But I got to place myself ahead of them because if I'm not healthy and strong and feeling good- You're not going to be your best you. I'm not going to give my kids what they deserve, yeah. you know, what, what they what they need at least. Well, this is kind of cool because it's not often that we have like totally different advice on a topic. And I do have something that's totally different or the way I approach it um, than, than what you just named, which I think is incredible advice still. Uh, I kind of look at it like this. Like you have- and it, I believe perspective is everything. So when the question is, you know, when you're going through tough times, like, well, what are tough times, first of all? And, and what do we mean by that? Like, so I've got my relationships with my friends. I have my relationship with Katrina. I have my business relationships. I have my relationship with myself, which would be like exercise and how I'm taking care of it. So those are like the main categories and everything kind of falls underneath that. Right. Like, so if you can name something, I could probably put that in one of those main categories in re- with relationships, whether it be with myself, with others, with business, with what. And no, when something goes wrong, it's like in one of those fields. Right. So let's give an example. Uh, let's just say fucking work is bad. I get fired. Right. I'm no longer working this job. That fucking sucks. Right. But here's the perspective on that. Like, or here's some perspective on that. That's just job. Right. That's a job that I work for this other company, they fired me, or I'm no, and I'm longer there. That really fucking sucks. But I have all these other relationships in my life that are a part of me and make who I make up who I am and my experience. And so what I always try and do when I find that I'm having a tough time in one of these other one of these arenas, I tend to put a lot of energy and focus on the other ones and try and excel at the other ones. So if work is going really bad, and, and that's what's all that's on my mind. I want to get that out of my mind and I want to put energy and focus on other things and excel at them. So maybe work's not the best right now because some shit happened that I can't fucking control and that really sucks. But you know what's cool? My relationship with my girl right now and my, my friends has never been so good. I just had this incredible weekend with them. I just had this great date with her. And I'm doing the things that, that make them happy and make me happy with them. And I can hang my hat on that. Like, you know what? I'm not the best me at work right now because of the situation that's happened. But I am the best me over here. And so when I, when I look at these things that, that tend to happen to us, and then we can, do the, the, we can flip that over to the relationship. Fucking home life's tough. How many times have we've gone through divorces or had something going on? Well, you know what? 
That does suck. There's nothing you do about it. It fucking sucks. It is what it is. What I don't want to do is I don't want to dwell on it and get caught up on it. I'm going to put all my energy and focus over here and work because my home life is, is going through it. And instead of dwelling on it so much and beating myself up, I'm going to go put my energy and focus in business and I'm going to excel at that. That way, when I look at myself at the end of the day and I go like, well, shit still is pretty rough at home. You know, it's not fixed yet. There's a lot of work to be done there. Or I'm still kind of going through it. But you know what? It's pretty awesome that I'm kicking ass at work right now. So I tend to try and shift my energy and my focus on the other aspects of my life because rarely ever do does, does one of them necessarily have to affect the other. But many times we allow that to bleed into the other arenas in our life. And that's where you get really fucked. When shit goes wrong at home and then you allow it to bleed into work, you allow it to, you allow it to bleed into your working out, you allow it to bleed into your other relationships now that's your fault. You know, you can't help that your your wife left you. You can't help that your your boss fired you. You can't help some of these things. You can't help that you broke your leg and you can't work out now. You can't help some of these things. But what you can do is you can control that one fucking scenario from bleeding into all the rest of them. And that's normally our own fault because we allow that. So it's all about perspective and realizing that and then putting your energy and focus. So that's kind of my approach on when I'm going through a tough time. Next question up is Prime and Glory. Now that you've tackled fixing public schools, how would you fix big box gyms? Oh, this is our wheelhouse. Yeah, this yeah. is this is cool right here. I, you know what? I I used to say this as a general manager managing gyms, and back in I those know days, know what you're gonna say, bro. Back, I could finish your sentence. And right back now. in those days, <laughs> no such thing as bad clubs, just bad managers. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say that, but that's good. That's true. That's <laughs> definitely very true. But I used to say this back then, um, and back then, consider when I was managing big box gyms, corporate gyms, there was, it wasn't a huge divide, but there definitely was a fitness side, and then there was a sales side. So you had your your fitness side, which was your trainers, and then to a lesser extent, your your Group X instructors, and your sales side, which are salespeople um, who sell the memberships, and your general manager, although the general manager managed the whole gym, the way it was run back in those days was all the emphasis, or most of the emphasis was placed on the salespeople as a, as a manager because they're the ones that brought in most of the revenue. And then you had a fitness manager that would manage the trainers and help with revenue there. And I would have these all-staff meetings. So I'd, I'd get these big, these huge gyms, boxes, and I'd stand at the front of my staff, you know, 50 people, whatever, trainers, salespeople, whatever. And I'd stand up and I'd say, in terms of the member experience, profitability, and our revenue, the most all of us are important. Everybody plays a role. But the people where I'm going to place a lot of the focus on, a lot of the energy on, are the trainers. Mm -hmm. And I used to tell them all the time, the trainers play such a massive role in a gym, and it makes me sad that gyms have completely abandoned, because they have. You go into gyms, and there's almost no effort yeah. put on the personal trainers in the gym. But if you're a big box gym, and you know how to train trainers and make them effective and good, you will fucking succeed. The reason why CrossFit has succeeded as well as they have is because to some extent, I'm not saying their trainers are great, they're all great or any of that stuff. What I'm saying is they've got that energy and that culture, and that's the only way you can create that in your big box gym of that culture is with your trainers. It doesn't, it happens from all the staff, but the trainers really drive that. Well, they're the ones touching the lives. They're the ones touching clients. They're the ones in the gym and in, in, in the in the weight area and the cardio. They're the ones training people. They're the ones driving the fitness information. And uh, um, unfortunately, big box gyms have abandoned that, but there was a period of time where when I was with 24 Fitness, and for a short period after I left, they were placing more time and money on this because there were managers 
like me and a few others who were showing and demonstrating that this was successful and it was becoming a model. The problem with it is it required general managers who were good leaders and who also had fitness in their background. And believe it or not, no joke, a good chunk, if not the majority of general managers back when I was a manager, barely even fucking worked out. Most of them started in sales oh. and had no fitness experience. And you know, I had started as a trainer, um, so I had understood differently. So I would say the what you fix right now in the big box gyms, and when I, when I say big box, I'm talking about the big, super cheap membership, lots of people using the gym type of thing. Yeah. Invest time, effort, and money in your training staff and get them to be excellent at training clients, getting clients, building programs, and creating the culture within the well, gym. Well, it's interesting because you saw that for a minute, especially with 24-Hour Fitness, and they really put emphasis on that, but then they lost that, and then they lost the culture as a result because, you know, the the new, uh, you know, bean counters coming in that are trying to look at, you know, the actual financials and look at profitability and all these types of things. As a business owner, you know, you're always looking to, you know, gain sort of an edge and like what you can cut costs on and all these types of things. That's important to do, but this mm -hmm. is not one of those things. No, no. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it really because is. Because you were there when that shit went down. Yeah. It's the foundation of what your gym uh, is and, and looks like and is perceived by all the members that are coming in. Um, it, it, your staff has to be friendly. They have to be approachable. You know, they, they, like everybody in the gym watches trainers and what they're doing with their clients. So this is something that, um, you know, the whole experience revolves around that. And I, I, I don't know that, like you mentioned CrossFit, there's a couple other like smaller gyms that it's, it's inevitable because you have like a smaller community where people actually interact and they talk. So I guess my advice would be more, you know, around the structure of the gym, how to, how to like, uh, do it in a way where people actually like run into each other more, right? So there's forced interactions with each other. So they actually talk and communicate and, you know, your front desk is, is set up in such a way where there's like a, a few people that, you know, make sure they say hello, you know, make sure you talk to them on their way out, make sure, you know, when they're coming up to, to purchase like a drink or, or whatever, like there's this r constant rapport and, uh, you know, and that's what's going to help you to succeed in the future. That's it's that's what it's all about. It's 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 this micro community. It's this it's this thing that you create for uh, people to have a certain type of experience that they're going to want to keep doing. Yeah, because what you have now is you have uh, this culture that's developed now is they've gone in and this is what happened with 24 at least. They went in, they had people from outside of fitness who stepped in and, and looked at the numbers, saw all these workouts coming in saw that 24 Fitness owned all these markets because they had the most gyms in there with the most amenities. And they said, fuck, all we got to do is lower the price and cut cost and we'll blow up. They're using the same model that you would use for retail or something like that. Yeah. And everybody who was in fitness, when we heard that, all of us shaking our head going, no, that's a terrible idea. And that's- Abandoned shit. And we were, we were fucking right. And now you've got you know gyms that are following that same model, kind of making money. And it's, I think it's ruined the big boxes. You don't see lots of growth in the big box gyms as a result of that. But I'll tell you what, I used to have these, I would do these regional sales trainings, right? With all, all the, I've done a couple of them with all the general managers from the region. And I'd say, uh, you know, because we were blessed in many different ways for working for 24 Fitness. One of them is I got to work in a company that had 400 locations that I was also competing with. So although we were all working in the same company, I got to compete with clubs that were five miles away in the same city 
and I got to see their numbers. I got to see what they were doing, and they got to see what I was doing. And so, I, it's imagine if you could compete with your other competitors out that are right. that you could do that. So I could see what was going on to all to make a better place. And yeah. I I used to remember I'd sit there in these meetings and be like, "What makes you, what what makes us different than anybody else?" And people raise their hand. More locations. We have cardio. And like, no, you you're the only thing that makes a difference. Yeah. I the only reason why my club did better than this club down here was because. Me and my staff, because we had the same equipment. Or sometimes we had worse equipment. I was yeah. put in sometimes some <laughs> shitty situations where we would outperform clubs that were brand new Should or whatever. turn off the AC? You know, and it's like you got to explain that to members. And That's you're it. just like, I don't know, man. That's it. Because I still I, came. I tell you what, you put me in a big box now. I walk in there, you give me a fucking month, and I'll show you some returns that'll blow your mind. And it's not anything to do with the equipment or the freaking physical looks of the gym. It's all about the attitude and culture and the staff. And I do think the root of that is with the trainers. Yeah, you guys pretty much summed that one up pretty nice. I think uh, culture is the for sure. I I made a living off of when I worked for Twenty Four Hour Fitness off of going into clubs that were underperforming and turning them around without changing anything else. So, it, it most times it it has everything to do with that. That's wrong. So if there's something wrong with it, it's the culture, which is very similar to the public school issue that we talked about. It's the the culture of the gym and, you know, and how you do that, it starts with you as the leader. Like you have to, you have to set the tone. I mean, I used to go crazy when I'd see my peers um, inside a gym and sitting at a desk on a phone behind a computer the entire day. And I'm just like, we're in, the, we're in a fitness, fitness gym. You guys understand that, right? Like there's all your people, there's all your customers. And like, how are you not engaging and talking to them and helping them and, there's not a lot and there's not a lot of places where you get to you know anybody who's like a real entrepreneur really un- understands business would want to strangle most uh gym people inside of like gym owners and gym people like that are working there because they all should be out mingling with their members because mm-hmm. you those if you look at a, a big box gym you know there's probably anywhere between 50 to 150 plus people inside there at one time and those are your consumers. Those are your your buyers. Those are your referrals. They're all right there in front of you. To think that you're not communicating with them is like ridiculous. That's a, that's absurd. Yeah. To not do that, but yet we do that in these boxes. You don't see this communication. The other thing that I think Justin said that I'll elaborate on more is the the average uh, person that gets personal training shop their personal trainer for three months before they actually yeah. do that. So, and this is why I used to tell all my trainers that you are constantly, uh, you know, on on stage. You are constantly being looked at. People are watching what you're doing, your mannerisms, how you engage with other people. You are on. You, the minute you walk through that door, you need to be on. I walk in a big box gym now, and I just like laugh. I'm like, I see trainers leaning on machines, drinking coffee, you know, sitting down while clients exercising. Like I see these things and I want to pull my hair out because that would not fly in my my facility. There's no fucking way you would be a personal trainer flirting with some girl, drinking a cup of fucking coffee, sitting down Indian style while she's doing some fucking plank or something or watching you bullshit on the, on the floor while someone's exercising or on your phone. Now that's the big one I see with trainers texting on their phone while a client's actually exercising. I mean, this is what's wrong. And that's all going back to what Sal said. It's the culture. Somebody that's leading that place is fucking that place up. Yeah, you know the irony of it is uh, the 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 traditional big box probably uh, 
you're probably better off just doing the smaller box. I, yeah. I think to run and pay for a big box and the amount of volume that you need and all that other stuff and you know, the only real difference, though, Sal, why that is, is because it's easier to create a culture within yeah. the small yeah, facility. That's, all. that's the right. reason why. Yeah, you're right. Because if you were, and, and we saw this with other leaders and peers of ours, right? We always had, and I know you remember this. There was always the guy that was pretty good. He was a decent. He was decent. He wasn't like the. That's up, why they put him in the small. They ones, put right? him in the small box. He could manage. He could manage a facility that saw 500 workouts a day and a team of five people. But if you were really good, you were le- you were leading the biggest boxes in the because you could run a fifty thousand square foot location, have twenty five people underneath you, and you could create a culture inside that big of a facility. So yeah, it's possible. The reason why we see this uh, explosion for small boxes, CrossFit, Orange Theories, all your little small studios, is because it's just easier to create a good culture there. It's easy to control five to ten people. But if you take that same yeah, formula, you can have a badass big location. Mm-hmm. Next question is from Health, Healthy, Happy, and Free. What are your current workout routines and goals? Nice. Hmm. So, uh, for me at the moment, um, I'm always training um, to feel better, but I do have like a secondary goals, I guess, when I go into my workouts. Um, right now, a longstanding goal I have is to improve my mobility and control and range of motion in my lower body, my hips, my knees, uh, my ankles, my feet, uh, my back. So um, my training for my lower body looks different than it does for my upper body um, where it's lighter, it's controlled, it's tension, it's unilateral. I'm, I'm basically just, just uh, that's the main goal. It's going to be like that for a very, very long time. It's not, a, it's, I've relegated it to that and that's, that's all good. As far as the rest of my training is concerned, it's at the moment, um, I went through kind of a mini bulk uh, where my gut has been feeling so good, where I'm eating food and absorbing it and having no issues that I thought I'd push push my food intake a little bit and see what happened. And I gained some muscle and I felt real good. And now I think I'm going to go back on a mini cut, but that's really more my nutrition than anything else uh, is concerned. Yeah, well, I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, I think for me, like I went through a period where we had talked about this where it was more unilateral. And um, for me now, I'm, I'm kind of transitioning to see how that applies with barbell training and also, um, you know, very specific like gross motor movement, like skill type movement. So I'm, I'm sticking with three, you know, particular lifts and, uh, and that being, I'm, I'm actually trying to get back into a little bit more of like what I used to do for, um, sports specific training, whereas I'm adding in, um, you know, barbell squats, I'm adding in, um, you know, power cleans, and uh you know overhead press so those are like my three like staple skill exercises that i'm just going to work on the skill and mastery of uh for the next couple months and uh my focus with that is just to um get back into uh how everything is firing you know what my how my body's responding what my mechanics look like um and and just because too like doing that takes a lot of pressure off of um the programming a bit of, you know, okay, I want to add this, you know, muscle group in, this muscle group in. And I know this is kind of going back to my comfort zone because that's kind of like what I used to do <laughs> athletic-wise. Um, but it's fun, and it's something that I enjoy. And You've uh, taken a break from it for a while. So I have taken a long happens. time. So, I, you know, it would be cool to, like, see, you know, how I can kind of ramp it up and, and, and get that back on track. So I'm going to probably bore the shit out of everybody with mine right now. Um, 
I, you know, where we're at right now is different for us, like business wise. So my workout routines and goals kind of reflect that. And what I mean by that is I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with where I'm currently at physically. Well, I'm lying today. I'm on this, like, okay, need to lean back out a little bit because we just came off of four days of not training, eating whatever the fuck I wanted. I'm not, I wasn't dialed in at all on our trip. So I feel a little soft and I know that once I get back to the swing of things this week, I'm already back onto my regimen as far as eating is concerned. But I'm what if if I had a goal right now, the goal actually would be uh, to mentally check myself and be okay with where I'm at. Train I'm only gonna train like three days a week right now. I'm not trying to make major moves and gains and changes with my body. Um, I'm very happy with my mobility right now. I'm fully recovered from the fall off the ladder, so I don't have any real nagging pains or anything going on with me. So my body physically feels really good. Aesthetically, I look pretty weak sauce, nothing impressive at all. Um, and so that's part of the goal is to I'm challenging that right now and to be okay with that. Because I know that what it takes right now to grow the business we're in right now, something's got to give. Right. And I just answered somebody on the forum the other day, or I just kind of said that something's got to give because they asked this question, like, how do you guys deal with this? School's like crazy right now. Work's like crazy. I'm trying to achieve this goal. Like, how do you guys handle that? And for me, I accept that something has to give. And what has to give right now is me having a hardcore physical goal or like I'm not chasing a PR. I'm not chasing a look right now. I'm just trying to maintain health while I, you know, help grow a monster business, which that requires a ton of laborious work that's on a computer and flying and traveling and not always getting the most optimal food that I should eat. So for me, I'm I'm not focused right now on that. I'm my focus is to be able to maintain it for it to reflect the rest of my life and the rest of the things that are a high priority. And I actually think that a lot of people in the fitness industry struggle with this. I think they they, they need those yeah. hardcore goals. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't want right. Like even this question right now, like you know, what are your guys' goals? Yeah. They want to know what this. Uh, I don't have a current like. That's been me though for the last few you know months. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not I, I'm not trying to change anything hardcore right now, and that's not to say that that won't that could change next week. I mean, knowing me, somebody could put an idea in my head. In fact, I almost got one because I forget who was talking this weekend about jujitsu, and I that's been kind of getting tossed around Rob and Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was Rob, right? Yeah. That was talking about jujitsu. And I meant, man, you know what? I've been meaning to be do fun, that. Huh? I kind of want to get into that. Taylor wants us to do it for video reasons. Oh, I'd be down. Right. And so, and Justin's already said he'd be up to it. Sal loves it already. So, but I don't want to announce that on the radio until I'm committed to doing it. I don't, you know, so right now I'm not what I'm committed to right now. I'm sticking to my book goal. I'm not, I'm knocking the books out. I'm sticking to my, uh, my relationship goals that I set for myself with Katrina um, I'm, I'm working towards my, my fitness goals or I mean, my friendship goals right now, as far as, uh, how much I'm spending time with them and I'm failing there. So that's a priority of mine more than my current workout and fitness goals are. And I'd like to maintain a healthy lifestyle as much as possible. So I'm kind of ebb and flow right now. You know, we just had four days of not eating well and not training. So I'm, I'm on one side of the spectrum. And then this week I'll get back into the swing of things, eat better and train good. And so I'm just kind of, I'm trying to chill and, and weaving in into that. And I'm really focusing on the things right now that are really important to me. This business that we're building and doing right now is extremely important and on my mind most of the time. And then like my personal relationship and books, like that's kind of a big deal for me right now. So I hate to 
kind of sh- shitty shitty answer for this question that was could have been better right <laughs> sorry no it's it's good man. it's real though man yeah, it's right? real. Yeah, yeah, you gotta longevity. keep it real it's like yeah, well, you don't want to just throw out some generic well, shit well that's longevity I mean, that's longevity with fitness if you always have these hardcore goals you're not going to last uh, number one and you will lose your motivation mm-hmm. number two so like the earlier question you know when i'm exercising when i'm super stressed the goal of the exercise is not to change my body it's to feel better at right. that moment so yeah there you go i i felt like in the past uh, and i was definitely somebody who used to be and we talk about the show all the time on or off you know i'm either dialed in i'm either because you needed that yeah right, right? Yeah. i'm either measuring the food and i'm doing this and i'm training hard and i gotta focus and and that worked really well for me it really really well to get myself in shape but I, I like with a sh- I mean, I'm, I'm filling out my shirts right now. I'm, I'm moderately strong. I'm nowhere near the best of any of those things. I'm not the best aesthetically. I'm not the best strongest right now. But I feel good. I feel good and I feel... Well, oh, you look good. Thank you, man. You look thank good. You. We'll give you a hug. You're after. balanced. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go to YouTube, Mind Pump TV. That is our YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out yet, what is wrong with you? Yeah, how dare you? Also, mindpumpmedia.com. That's our website. Enroll... In 30 Days of Coaching, it's free. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.